a playlist original. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Back to the Blockbuster with your hosts, Gaius and Jackson. Another anniversary episode. These are becoming fun to do. I think uh, Jackson is enjoying doing them because it it breaks Very up much. the whole like industry news talk, and we can just focus on one film. We just did Spring Breakers not too long ago, and that came out this week. It actually created a really fun discussion, like what I posted it on G Reels where uh, Kurt from like Canada was like, I think it's so strange. I've never seen this movie. And then Merck was like, oh, this movie, that movie is definitely right up your alley. And then someone else was like, well, I've never seen it either. And I was like, you both need to see it. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I yeah, love so, Yeah. Being able to put people on movies that uh, they may not necessarily have seen. And that was very much the case for me this week with our pick wild things from 1998. I knew virtually nothing about this movie. <laughs> I honestly don't even know that I I may have like scrolled the title before, didn't know much and like surprised considering how stacked the cast of this movie is, but I was quite impressed and entertained with this week's watch, so consider myself uh, feel like I'm in that category with those guys. Yeah, it's it's funny too because when we there's certain things when we started the podcast a long time ago, like we were talking about movie anniversaries, there were some that was like, oh, I really want to do that one. That'd be fun. Just because yeah. like I grew up with it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that's happened like since we started it. So I didn't realize that like this year, and we talked about it when we Spring Breakers, that this year is huge milestone year for movies starting 5, 10, 15, 20, right. 30, you know, and so on, right? And this one was one of the ones I was like, hey, if we're still doing this podcast, Whenever this turns like 25, I want to talk about it. Okay. And it's funny because the people I talk to about it the most, they also grew up with the movie too. So they were like, oh, of course you have to. Now it's interesting when I was like, all right, I'm going to do this one with Jackson. And they were like, well, how old is he? And I was like, I think he's like 25. <laughs> I was like, so they're like, so they're yeah. like the exact age of the movie. So that's, uh, that's fun. And, it he is didn't grow, and he didn't grow up with it. And one friend even made the comment, today because i think it's in our spring breakers episode they sent me a message they were like well i mean his friends are going to watch it because it came out in 98 and they're not if it's pre-2000 no <laughs> no 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 go that's right but, but jackson's not like that though he is a he likes oh um, no movies from all decades all eras that's right and wild things is one that kind of came came out during a really interesting period so it's like that same period as like even though this isn't a horror film it came out in that kind of teen boom after Scream and I know you did last summer and then other right. teen films started coming out like I like can't hardly wait and uh, this 10 things I hate about you that whole like between like 96 and like 2000 it was this big kind of resurgence of these type of movies this one was a bit different because it's certainly at least at the time racier than the mm, other ones very uh, much so and I think that's what made it intriguing for a lot of us who were young at the time that were like oh like that's the girl from like Party of Five and Scream. And what's she doing in this movie with like funky hair and a lot of eye makeup and not looking like herself? And Definitely. Who, and who's the other chick? Cause like, you know, I didn't even know who Denise Richards was at the time. I hadn't seen Starship Troopers. I will throw that out there before I saw this movie. Right. Uh, so this was my first exposure to Denise Richards. I think this is a lot of people's first exposure to her. And what uh, an intro it is for her. <laughs> what an intro for sure. But definitely one of those like generation movies that a lot of us that were kind of watching this stuff in the late nineties, it's like, Oh, do you remember that one? That one was a lot of fun. And I, I actually, I think mentioned this to Owen. When I talked about rewatching it, that it took me a while to really 
appreciate the movie from like a story standpoint because like when okay. you're younger you're younger it's like this is just a like an eye candy kind of movie it's like fun in that way right but then once i got older and would watch it uh you know multiple times and stuff it really does have a pretty like smart script the way you kind of we had me guessing in, the whole time yeah all these like twists and turns and and i kind of think it is playing i think it is poking fun a bit at some of these kind of stories and movies like one friend told me that it almost reminds him of like trashy like romance novel coming to life like it's like it that's what it kind of feels like everything is like kind of exaggerated in the movie okay i kind of i i think that uh for the most part though like despite the fact that a lot of it is a little bit over the top there's a lot of things in there that keep it kind of grounded and like you said it does keep you guessing because i remember when i first saw it i had no idea when it was going and then like it kept like like, I always think this is hilarious that this movie has so many twists and turns that they are still telling you the twists and turns during the credits at the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's how I it. thought it was a really cool little touch that they threw that in those little uh, those little after credits kind of cookies to help piece together, show some behind the scenes stuff, make give some context to the plot. You don't uh, see that a whole lot. I thought that was a yeah. really great. Didn't expect that. I was almost ready to turn it off when the. Uh, then we start seeing a couple scenes of some stuff we don't see earlier in the movie. I was like, damn, that that's pretty cool. Help, you know, add to the story quite a bit. But yeah, yeah. no, it had me. Uh, this is a rare experience for me where I did not know. I mean, it's not, not to say I won't watch a movie without ever having seen it before, but I did not even IMDb this movie. I did never seen a trailer for it. I knew nothing regarding to like the plot. I had no spoilers. So yeah. I honestly just went in like completely like like virgin. And it was, I, it was <laughs> such a payoff in that way. And I'm very glad that I did that. Yeah. I'm glad you went in that way too. Cause when you told me that you went in blind, that you didn't watch the trailer, you didn't really look anything up. The only thing you really knew about was maybe like the poster, like cover art for it. Yep. Like, which I mean, doesn't really give you an indication of what it is all about, I guess. Nope, necessarily at all. But I mean, it is kind of cool. I was actually talking with Burke about this today. I was like, I, I think it was cool that you were able to really see this with no other context other than like, all right, this just turned 25. Uh, Gaius wants to do it. <laughs> yeah, time let's to throw it on. Let's see what let's, it's all about. Let's see what happens. Exactly what my <laughs> viewing experience of this movie was. And I think it benefited from it. And to anybody listening that hasn't seen it, I would advise if you do think you're going to check it out to, you know, go in as, as blind as you can because definitely added to the viewing experience. Right. And because there's, there's certain things within pop culture since this movie came out that the film is kind of known for. And a lot, none of it really has to do with the plot. It's, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff with the girls. The threesome scene is like a big deal. It was a big deal then. And I think it was just a big deal because, you know, it was, it's Nev Campbell. It's, you know, Denise Richards, Matt Dillon. Like, it's not something you were expecting to really see, especially since, you know, you kind of forget when you're watching it that you're also dealing with uh, two girls who are like teenagers, like they're in high school. Right. <laughs> kind of forget about it when you're watching it. Uh, but it, you know, it's interesting because it, I mean, it's just, I guess it's in their performances and how they carry themselves that you kind of like do forget that until it's kind of referenced like other times in the film are like, oh yeah, yeah, they were, they were in high school. Exactly. Definitely. And doing like nefarious things so early in life. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, not, I don't know what the exact right way to word this would be. It doesn't suffer from this, but it has the similar elements of what I call euphoria syndrome, which is a newly coined word by <laughs> jackson himself that uh kind of like you know those movies that deal with high school people that are clearly acting like they're in the adult world where the line is very yeah. much blurred and you're blurred. like this is clearly not how high school people act so this movie has a lot of that but uh 
still does harken back to to the age of the girls and i think it played it doesn't not to the detriment of the movie at all but it does have yeah. a little bit of that in it but which i think you have to suspend your 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 belief a little bit to really get into the nature of what's going on between these characters one being a student and the other two being high school age girls or characters anyway actually yeah. it was very early in the movie i went on denise richard's imdb page and like did the mental math and see how old she was when she was filming this when she did this yeah and so she would have been about 27 26 depending on when her birthday was which instantly i was like okay obviously i knew she wasn't a teenager she wasn't underage but uh it was a little like uncomfortable like the very first few minutes they very much sexualize her character i know yeah right away high school girl how old was she doing this and so granted she's much older than she would have been in high school but yeah no just for clarification i'm not yeah. sure how old Neb campbell would have been though i didn't look her up you know what? I'll look at that right now. So, you it's know, in earlier 20s and part of the course, dude, I mean, like back then, I think it still goes on a bit now, maybe not as much, but especially in the late 90s, like when you were getting high school movies and the actors were supposed to be playing high school, they were usually, you know, around Denise Richards age. I mean, yeah, and a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that like you can't really have like minors working after a certain time. So it's exactly. like easier to, to do that. It yep. is interesting though, because like, you know, and then even in the late nineties, I was like, I, I mean, I don't know. No one looked like that in high school, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like some unrealistic expectations set up for sure. Yeah. And uh, Nev Campbell was born in 1973 on October okay. 3rd. So would she be like in the same 24, 25 ish, roughly so younger. probably filmed in 97. Yeah. So be... younger. Yeah. She's two years, two years older than Denise Richards. So still i mean still interesting that yeah i'm glad you brought that up like wondering how old they actually were when they shot this yeah. movie yeah i was just mad curious because of just the nature of the movie but still very uh like a sexy feeling movie you know what i mean i could definitely like i don't have the benefit of like of that experience like watching it when it came out because i mean i've i've seen like sexuality in movies has definitely come a long way than it right. had even from the 90s so you know i've definitely seen lots more sense but i can imagine at the time like the phenomenon this movie would have been especially amongst the other you know high school or teen or young adult movies that were coming out at the time definitely racier vibe without a doubt yeah i'm glad you brought that up too that's very true i think because and then i think it's interesting too because i think by today's standards this is pretty tame i think at this point exactly uh, there's like you know you know i think about this movie and a year later, we got Cruel Intentions, which was like a supposed to be a racy teen film as well. It right. felt very racy at the time. But then you like, you know, you can watch an episode of Gossip Girl and like get the same thing. And I was on like network TV. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah, what it felt like then compared to like now is pretty interesting. Historical context is everything. Yeah. Just in case people don't know what the film is about. Wild Things is a 1998 American neo-noir thriller directed by John McNaughton and written by Stephen Peters. It stars Matt Dillon, Kevin Bacon, Neve Campbell, Denise Richards, Teresa Renz, uh, Russell, Robert Ragnar, and Bill Murray. I, I wonder if that, did that throw you off that he was in it? <laughs> so I, I did see him in the uh, in the cast before I threw on the movie, but uh, was interested to see where he would come up. His presence in that movie was amazing. Great. I really Great. loved his him being in there. He's kind of like a comedic relief. He's like a sleazy lawyer that gets Matt Dillon off. Yeah in the case i should say and yeah. Uh, yeah he was he was great in that bill murray is always a treasure to see but uh, just a like a cherry on top of an already deep, deep cast yeah 
the film follows a high school guidance counselor in South Florida who is accused of rape by two female students and a series of subsequent revelations after a police officer begins investigating the alleged crimes. Okay, so, I mean, it's interesting because that basic plot point is just like what's on the surface. Very much so. Here. The iceberg. What did you, what did you think when like it was kind of introduced? I love the early stuff when they like, they are doing the whole like what is the sex crime thing at the, it's like the school assembly yeah and of course they have that one like kid in the, like in the audience who's like such a goof, like, jokes. Not get, yeah like not getting any like that kind of thing that, yeah <laughs> i was giggling during her, his couple lines there that was funny and also Denise richards has a really i mean it, i think she knows her range and what she can do right she's she is what some people would call like a vixen she plays up the whole like and she's always great, done this in her career right great word but I think someone is trying to like sit down next to her in one scene or get close, and she and just like, was like, she's like, "Fuck off!" And like, fuck off! So good. Yeah, her so first good. dialogue in the movie, like someone's like, I think he's like trying to fix her blouse or like, <laughs> kind of, kind of, like fuck, off. "Fuck off!" So that is literally the only. So that was the only little snippet from that movie that I had ever seen anywhere else in media or pop culture before. I have somewhere had seen a little thumbnail of that happening. I don't remember where, but I, I was like, oh, that's where that's from, where her, this person who I didn't even realize was Denise Richards. The only other movie I'd seen her in was Starship Troopers probably about a year ago, which, oh my God, I loved. It's didn't fun. recognize her. I was like, no, she's from something, but didn't pinpoint it. But uh, yeah, that little bit, it had me busting a gut when she said so. I was like, that was just out of nowhere. Like, what the hell? The delivery was just perfect though. It, like so she dropped perfect. it so and she actually gets another fuck off like in the middle of the movie where after they like bust up the whole trial thing and she like screw like screws up and like Robert Ragnar's character is talking to her about messing up and she gives him one too. She's like fuck off in <laughs> like, the limo or whatever. In the limo, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, you're right. They do sexualize her pretty early in the movie, even by the way that she just sits down in her seat. Yeah. She doesn't sit down like a normal person would at school assembly. That's um, right. But yeah, I was kind of wondering what you thought of as it was starting, like kind of what you thought you were, since you were going in blind, like what you thought you were getting, I guess from like that point and then on to the point of the whole like car wash thing and then what appears to look like a sexual assault later in the movie. Yes. So I very naively went into this movie just taking everything at face value. I thought, okay, so this is what we're getting. Clearly, there's a little something going on with uh, this guy, Matt Dillon's character, this guidance counselor, and this student of his that very much is has a thing for him. And you could see, like, he's he's a kind of a player. He's a good-looking younger man who's teaching at this school. People, women in the community, recognize his his look. So, and you could, but you can tell at least <laughs> to the to the uninitiated who don't know anything about this movie, Matt Dillon is very much is. He looks like a good guy. He's coming across as a guy that, you know, has uh, strong willpower. To teach that one student how to sail, like, all this, yeah, like, exactly. like, like, the nicest person ever. That's right. But you get the feeling, especially Denise Richards, she looks like a chink in his armor where you think, hey, you think this guy maybe somewhere down the line is going to have a moment of weakness. Something's going to go down between these two people or the director wouldn't be showing these shots of them together. It wouldn't be teasing it like it is. So then you get the scene where, She's very much trying to assert herself in his weekend lifestyle or weekend plans by coming over to wash his car. And she gets all sudsy and sexy and comes into his house. And then you, before you see anything go on between them, you get that next shot of her coming out of the house and she's kind of looking around. She does a good job of 
very much feel like the direction makes you want to think that something did happen between them. And she's kind of running around. She plays it off great. So you think, well, we were just showing all these things about this supposedly good character who you believe is a good guy that wouldn't stoop to this level. But her without anybody, the important thing is that nobody's around her when she's acting this way. So you feel like she's acting genuinely. So at that point, I was like, okay, great job of not really showing whose side you're on. I did not know where it was going to go. And I very much was hooked from the start. It did not take long before I sunk my teeth into this plot. I thought it was expertly crafted in the beginning and very entertaining from the get-go. Yeah. I also love the last name that they give Sam, which is Matt Dillon's character, the whole Mr. Lombardo thing. Like my friends used to like make fun of how they, said especially when they like come to like the house to like watch the car yeah like, hi mr lombardo <laughs> he's like hi girls <laughs> like, his very, name yeah. is mentioned a million times she says yeah. it every single time she says it all the time and then like Susie eventually like there's a lot of it it gets dropped <laughs> i was yeah i was begging for him to be like just call me sam <laughs> but, but it definitely plays into that sexual tension between the students and and uh him because it really by saying his name and addressing him like an adult professional in their lives you are constantly reminded that there is a age gap and a different dynamic between the two of them yet there is clearly so much sexual tension between the characters as well which i think yeah. it actually worked in the movie's favor that they address him by name so much yeah but there is a moment later when the script is flipped so to speak where my jaw was dropped and I was hooked right back into this thing. I was like, hey, I cannot wait to see where this is going. And this is after the trial. But if there's anything you want to cover before we get to that point in the plot, I'll let you take the reins. But definitely want to bookmark that part. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So for a lot of people that don't know, Denise Richards plays Kelly Van Ryan. And, you know, it is initially set up to make it look like she is flirting with this, you know, this guidance counselor who's old, clearly older. I mean, older in the sense, like, older than her, but he's a younger uh, employee at the high school. And there is a lot of flirting between them. And there is a thing where they go to the, her and her friend go to the house and to wash cars, something to do with the school. And she gets her friend to leave, which, I mean, which is a brilliant setup for all, like, you know, you think, like, what you initially think is that she's trying to have this, like, sexual encounter with him. And then when it you know, as it has that shot where like she's standing there by herself, like dripping wet, and he's like looking at her, and it just like fades to black. And when it comes back again, she's walking out the house, and I th- even think her shirt's like kind of ripped too. So oh, you I kinda, didn't notice that. So okay. you kind of, so you kind of like just think that okay, maybe something went too far, and that right. is they're kind of giving you. Uh, I love that they do it that way. I mean, they don't really like show their hand for like a really long time about like what actually happened, and you know, and. It should be noted that her mother, played by Teresa Russell, they don't they obviously don't have a really great relationship. No. Um, <laughs> but but I think um, the scene where she does tell her, what we learn from Kelly is that Sam Lombardo raped her. And she tells her mom this. And does and that scene actually plays out pretty good, too. I She doesn't really play it as if she's faking it. I think she's really convincing in that moment. Yeah, and, very much so. And but I do love she has to be, and I do love the next cut when they cut to the mom, like at the police station, and like very rich woman. Listen, my daughter does not get raped in blue, but <laughs> like, like that's, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> very ultimate Karen comes out, claws come out, and uh, it's great. The dynamic between the mom and Matt Dillon's character and her daughter, played by Niece Niece Richards, is great too. Because also thirty-two with yeah. 
them and like that's, they have history. Yeah, her intro is her asking. Yeah, you know <laughs> yeah. that they've slept together at some point, but Matt Dillon's not feeling it anymore. Her yeah. intro is her inviting him in for a drink, yet her daughter is very much trying to sleep with him as well. It's a yeah. weird sort of triangle. Standing on the balcony and like just her like bra and underwear. Yeah. And some, like, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, but she was great. She was great. I thought she was really like I always laugh. I think that's supposed to be funny, like her Karen reaction to it. It's supposed to be played for laughs. Because mm. <laughs> it's just so right. ridiculous. Yeah. In the mix of this, we also have Susie Toller, who's played by Nev Campbell, and she's someone that's from like the the opposite side of the tracks compared to like Kelly. She's not rich, right? She's definitely slumming it. Uh, and and the midst of like Kelly telling her mom that Sam raped her and all this other stuff going on, Susie gets in touch with two detectives, one played by. Kevin Bacon and the other played by Daphne Rubin Vega, who plays Detective Gloria Perez. And then she also reveals that she was raped by Sam. And I, even watching it now, when I watch it again, like it's even knowing what I know that comes, it also seems pretty convincing that if this guy is like a predator or whatever, that he could easily, like, no one's going to believe you because of who right. you are. And I, I, I think those are really interesting dynamics that they kind of play with to kind of make you go in a totally different direction so you don't know where they're actually going. They uh, do a good job of painting Sam Lombardo as like a wolf in sheep's clothing. You know what I right. mean? Like, or he, at least you could believe that he could be that way. He's very convincing as an everyman who's just there for his students who wouldn't do any of these things that he's accused of. But it's the line that they both drop to detect to Kevin Bacon's character where they, they say a lot, they both independently amongst, apart from each other, say this line that supposedly San Lombardo's character says that makes you think, okay, well, maybe he is guilty of this thing because they both very much believable and convincing yeah. in their story. And they both drop this line that, that ties their stories together. But and you, there's no indication that this may have been rehearsed or anything. So it's really like, okay, maybe, maybe this is not the guy that we thought he was in the beginning. Yeah. And what's interesting about the line is I like that they slightly change it for who it's with. Like yeah. in, in the case of Kelly, he would treat her more like a girl because she's like, you know, not trash compared to Susie. And he delivers one expedive in like allegedly to Susie that makes it it different, but would be suited for her if he was trying to degrade her or do something like that. I love that they actually have that like subtle change in the line for the two yeah. girls, but it's, but it's close enough that you're like, all right, then maybe this did happen. They don't know each other really. They don't even like each other. Like exactly. they, 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 don't they, establish, they establish that pretty early on when they see her working on her car and like, and Sam is taking the girls home and her and Denise Richards have that little exchange. And then yeah. like, Nev Campbell flips her off and they're like, yeah, they're really setting up like, okay, these girls have no business associating with each other. So there's no way that they could actually swap stories about exactly. uh, what, hap yeah. what happened some, to them. Some great writing early on in this movie. Yeah, I agree. And then we get, uh, well, I mean, the trial stuff is great. I love, I mean, I, Matt Dillon eventually has to hire Bill Murray's Kenneth Bouton to represent him. And, <laughs> and it's funny because he plays like, Oh God! What do they kind of call lawyers like him? There's like a name. Uh, I always forget what the exact word is, but okay. like he's definitely exactly sure. he's definitely not like uh he, he, you could tell that he's not necessarily like legit from the get go. He's like kind of flying by the you know uh, flying by the, the really, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah a little bit. 
but knows enough to like make the situation work, which is also interesting because it's hard to talk about all that with him because he's also, you know, eventually involved in like all this stuff too. Right. But yeah, it's interesting how like they get together and the trial thing like falls apart. We think falls apart. Right. Because because Susie kind of becomes the pressure on like witness Sam while they're like cross-examining her. And that's when she admits that uh, that her and Kelly like basically made up the story that Sam raped them. And and honestly, I know you didn't grow up with this movie and like it's it's your first time watching it. Yeah. But the whole like when she says like she was mad because Sam was sleeping with her mom too and that was it. And then Denise Richards gets up and yells, you skanky bitch and throws the glass. That scene has played out in so many pop culture moments. over, Over everyone knows that's one of the scenes that everyone knows from like wild things. It's like a signature okay. one. I can so, see why. <laughs> Cause it yeah. is very much like, very much like a nighttime soap opera kind of like trashy, like, you know, exactly. Very scandalous kind of moment. Yes. But yeah, it looks like you know, everything works in his favor. They negotiate like an $8.5 million settlement for defamation because these two girls lied and they get Sandra, who is Kelly's mom to pay that out. And you know, what appears look like okay these two girls lied on this guy uh you know he's a good person he he's right. getting what he deserves yeah but you also but you also are aware that there's so much more movie left <laughs> that's what i'm saying this is all 25 30 minutes in the movie it's so early quick one yeah and i know you want to like get pick up too right what stuff that happens like after that's exactly where but, it was headed to so very shortly after the trial we see sam who has pretty much lost everything due to these allegations he's very much presumed guilty before loses his house loses everything and so he's coming back to this appears to be like a motel or a rundown hotel and he's just won his settlement and he's looking forward to starting his new life and out walks kelly who's been waiting in the hotel room for him and it's like holy and it looks like she's gonna like attack him it looks like she's gonna attack him at first and like it's still they're still playing with you like all right she's pissed off and she's gonna get even right and then she's like, did you get my mom's money? And then like, you're like, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> whoa. Then the, then it becomes a completely different movie. It's like, okay, now we're getting into a whole different sort of crime thriller than we thought we were going to get. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I sat back up. I was like you know, lounging around, like watching. I was paying attention, but then I was like, whoa, okay, here yeah. we go. This is definitely changing gears a little bit. And I was hooked all in again, which I thought was awesome little plot yeah. point and then it's and there are still several twists to get through even from this moment <laughs> this movie is full of misdirection and i really like that about this movie i mean lots of movies have tried to do this as good as this movie does and has have failed but this movie yeah. seems like a blueprint for good misdirection heavy crime thriller yeah yeah still lots going on after so all this is 30 minutes into the movie i can't believe yeah. it so you still got you have kelly who you now know is in on it yeah and then in the movie cleverly use a little like champagne pop to let you know that someone else is in the room or <laughs> enter the room and yeah. it's it's now Susie, who's nev campbell's character and the whole like bad girl from the opposite side of the tracks like she is that but they're all working together to this money yes and uh, you're right, dude. I always forget. I mean, it is so early in the movie. Like, it's like you're just like, where, where else can they go from here? Yeah, like, what's going I'm on board though? What's going on? And and then you realize that yeah, they've been like kind of consensually all sleeping 
together like yeah. this is not like for a very very long time and they and they use like that scene to like show you that they've been doing this and they're pretty comfortable with it yeah um, very much so i'm gonna throw in uh a little behind the scenes thing because this this scene is like a big deal for the movie it was back so i when i first saw this we convinced our friends parents to take us not knowing yeah. how like not knowing how like bad it was going to be yeah. so definitely uncomfortable during during oh this so you've seen this with adults at the time with adults yeah uh, definitely yeah. uncomfortable yeah. is like a lot of people know the movie uh if they don't know a specific plot point they're like oh it's the one where like they have a three like those two girls have a threesome with matt dylan or it's the one where the two girls make out in the pool or it's the other like they know yeah. like all that stuff um but john mcdonald who directed the movie said that denise richards first audition was good but she had a much improved second audition which convinced him to cast her and they her lawyers negotiated a detailed contract about how much nudity would be filmed including the option to use a body double but richards did not use a body double and filmed the scene herself after drinking a pitcher of margaritas with nev campbell <laughs> okay interesting so i'd heard a little bit about that in my <laughs> trivia deep dive after watching the movie but didn't read that part but hey liquid courage goes along yeah now yeah. nev campbell had a strict no nudity cause she does use a body double for some of it Okay. But she, they said she ultimately took the role because she wanted to challenge herself and do something different from, at the time she was on Party of Five and she had just done Scream. Uh, oh, actually, yes. Scream and Scream 2 were already out by then. Uh, so she was known for good girl roles and she wanted to kind of play something a bit different. Yeah, I, just, this... I thought that was interesting that like, they're like, all right, girl, let's get drunk <laughs> so we can Her get this. <laughs> inclusion in that movie feels very much like Selena Gomez's in Spring Breakers, doesn't it? In hindsight. It does, it does a bit like, because they kind of, set her up not to be as bad as she eventually you see that she is you kind of because even in the end you still kind of want her to win out considering like she's had some stuff that she's gone through as well especially yes. involving like other people involved in this like plot but it does feel like that she does feel like the you know the good girl actress at the time it's like oh i want to like subvert expectations they do yeah, like exactly. racy yeah yes which is interesting i thought very much so but yeah that scene, uh, I think, goes down for a lot of people that saw it in 1998. And, and like I said, it's pretty tame-ish now. I mean, yes, you yeah. see Denise Retro's naked, and there's a lot of that, but it's not really a long scene at all. Uh, but there's parts where he's, like, pouring, like, champagne over her naked body and, like, all that yeah. stuff. Like, I'm sure yeah. back then it was like, oh, this is a lot <laughs> for, sure. for, us to, for us to see. But uh, cinema's come a long way in terms of uh, sexuality and nudity on screen, so... I could definitely like watching it in the context of a 90s movie. I was still very much like, okay, wow, this is definitely boundary pushing for the time. But by yeah. no means, if you've, you know, watched movies in the 2000s and 2010s, this is not something that you haven't seen before. Yeah, agreed. So then after we know that they're all in on this together, yes, we have, we have Kevin Bacon's Ray Duquette, who's like, I know that yeah. at least some of them were in it all together. And He's now the antagonist. He's either he's now the bad guy, right? Okay. Yes. Because uh, you want them to get away with it, right? So <laughs> he's also the one character. Even before they reveal like all the stuff with him, there's something about him that feels very like off, like that he's not as like good as he seems. Yeah. You kind of learn that later, but like it kind of like got the impression like a little bit. Even watching now, I'm like, yeah, you kind of. He shows his hand a little early, especially in how he treats Susie and like all that kind of stuff before, you know, like about his involvement with everything. Like, yes, uh, 
Yeah, I thought, um, that, I, thought I was wanting to see how you kind of viewed. Uh, yeah, so definitely got the benefit of the like prior watches of this movie. And just before I get deep into this point, how many times have you seen it? Do you think? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like many? <laughs> A lot. Yeah. Okay, for sure. Like plus, plus or minus, like five. Uh, well, maybe like 10 or more okay wow right on so as a first time <laughs> watching i didn't like i was very surprised to find out where ray duquette goes when we yeah. get there but now that you're mentioning it and i'm trying to like think back to watching it last night and what clues i got from this but i've seen him this isn't my most recent watch now so i'm like gonna try and think back but yeah you're right he does definitely kind of rough around with f candle campbell's character a little bit but i was getting the impression that He's very much invested. He doesn't want these people to get away with this crime that he's convinced has happened. Nobody else is really believing him. So I, I looked at his treatment of her, which is you know not um, typical of like the good cop, as him going. He's doesn't want this to escape his grasp while he's you know on these people's trail, and he's willing to you know not play by the rules to catch yeah. them in the act, sort of thing. So I didn't really think that. He was going to, that was another twist down the line that I was not, yeah. I was very much blindsided by because I did not get that, those the vibes. Your reaction, like, yeah. what? Exactly. Where did that happen? Yeah. Um, so, like, he does seem very invested in, like, trying to solve the case because he ends up trying to talk to, talking to Kelly and, Kelly and Susie about how they're going to, like, one of them is going to screw one of them over. And, like, he's right. trying to play them, play them against each other. By the way, he goes to talk to Denise Richards, to Kelly. She has she has another iconic little moment for herself, just coming out of the pool and like her blue like one piece bikini. See through. Uh, they, they use that they use that scene in the trailer. If you ever oh, go okay. and check the trailer out, they knew exactly how they were selling it. Yeah, definitely. But I do love her in that scene too because she's not really quite giving anything up either. It's just kind of like say what you need to say. I'm done. Exactly. I don't, don't want to talk to you anymore. Now it appears that he gets to Susie a bit more than Kelly because there's also this whole situation with baby, which is like another interesting plot point that involves Susie. And that right. is why that's why Ray and Susie have some kind of prior history as far right. as like him maybe dealing with her, her family as a cop and all that stuff. And he kind of plays on that a little bit. Big time. His discussions with her and credit to Nev Campbell. Cause when you're watching it, knowing what you know and how it ends, the way she plays those scenes with him, though, it seems like he is getting to her. Like he really is. Like like she is like, all right, I can't do this anymore. Like this is unraveling. I think it's interesting when actors have to play that when they they themselves know what their characters' intentions are and what's going to happen down the line. Exactly. I don't know if there's any information out there about how they film this, but if I am John McNaughton, the director filming this movie, I would kind of like release or, or go scene by scene with my actors so they don't know where the plot is going to get a more natural, like granted, Nev Campbell did not need to. She puts on a great performance, even assuming knowing where her character goes. Yeah. But just for that added layer of insurance, I totally wouldn't would have not let my actors know where their characters are going when they're filming scenes like that. Cause I think you would have got, you just would have eliminated the risk of not being able to convince the audience that of your performance. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm curious, maybe he did film it that way. I don't really know, but yeah, you know, I would like to find that out. You know, I haven't listened to, I'm going to listen after we do this, actually Mark J Parker, who was on our scream six episode, he has like podcast called the release date rewind and they covered this movie and he oh. is really he's really good too at like kind of pulling like you know if there's any behind the scenes stuff he can dig up i, I would love to see i like, don't know how they shot 
some of this stuff because the way she plays it, it doesn't seem like she's playing as if like all right i know what's going on like she yeah, seems right. pretty freaked out and scared by it even like i always think it's crazy when like he leaves the scene and the way she leaves it it seems like she is like scared Shaking up yeah shaking up yeah and it's like one of those things where you don't have to really fake it at that point but it's like how much is that just you have to play with the audience by making your characters do that i guess i think so it was a little bit of that for sure it's like that scene earlier in the movie with denise richards leaving at Dylan's house where it's like, Hey, you don't have to be putting on the act here. No one's around you, but you still are anyway. That yeah. I definitely think is misdirection for sure. But, uh, to the movie's benefit. Yeah. And one of the things that Ray tells Susie is that, you know, Sam has already like transferred money to like an offshore account. Like you're, he's going to push you guys completely out and leave you like high and dry. And then Susie of course panics and she goes to <laughs> talk to Kelly and it's, <laughs> it's, uh, the, the scene is really, I mean, one of those like cheesy kind of like turns is like cat fight kind of thing yeah. for <laughs> no, no real reason and i do not know using the word retarded but when she's like oh when she's, right but when she's yeah. going back and forth with her she's yeah. like are you just retarded or are you breathing in too many fumes over there but the swamp like she's That's just right. so, like mean to her definitely and, a 90s like, moment yeah of course like i think you can like make that line fly uh these days yeah. no not that context anyway and then uh, you know, then like, of course, Kelly gets on the phone with Sam. It's like, she feels like Susie's going to like ruin it. And, and then Susie is like, oh, now you guys are going to fuck me over. And it starts a little like good slap fight, pretty good slap fight. Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> yeah. that leads to some wrestling into in the pool. And then Lisa just making out between yep. these two characters. But I thought what was interesting though, beyond it being what is supposed to be like a sexy scene, it creates an interesting dynamic between them and how long they've actually been involved. Like, I don't really know how if, you, if it gives you the impression in, in the entire movie like how long they've actually been involved together it's to the point where they could actually turn like a hard moment where they're fighting into a tender moment where she's like she's like oh you are scared aren't you and then it turns into what it turns yeah. into i was kind of under the impression that it was their first time as characters doing it i know too since that it was their first time as actors right? <laughs> it's nev campbell's first time to see another girl girl yeah which would have been no doubt a very you know, interesting scene to film for the first time in front of a bunch of people on camera. Yeah. They do, they play a great job of it. And yeah, you're right. Definitely another interesting dynamic for characters that, uh, whose dynamics are changing with each scene, it seems. Yeah. Also completely funny is Kevin Bacon's reaction to like, because yeah. he's filming, because he's, he's trying filming, to like, like he's I'm, filming it and he's just like, what the hell's going I'm on? I'm now filming a porno <laughs> from behind the tree of these high school girls. <laughs> His face is like so great in that. Like that's another moment. Like I didn't see that I, coming. I straight up giggled when the camera shows his face. I was like, "Oh my god!" I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah, not at all. And then a few nights later, at the beach, they lure Susie to the beach because you know they already have had to talk about how they need to get rid of her. And you know it appears that like they get her drunk, and then Sam bludgeons her with like champagne bottle, and they wrap her up. And they wrap her up. You see uh, blood and teeth fly. So you assume that she's, she's, she's dead. And they, uh, yeah, like you said, they wrap up her body and dispose of it. And that's what it looks like. And then that leads them to Ray and his partner investigating like her disappearance. What did you think of his partner? Like the character that she played and like, kind of like, what? cause I feel like she's almost like the audience, like picking up on these yeah. things as we are. <laughs> she felt like, yeah, exactly the words right out of my mouth she felt like me when i'm watching this movie she's very much at the mercy of whatever people are telling her and 
everybody pretty much that she is around in this movie is lying to her in some way, shape or form. So she very much is a reflection of the audience. I felt Um, just pretty much taking everybody's word for what's going on. And is really having the wool pull over her eyes, even by people that she's the closest to character wise in this movie thought like I could definitely see some parts where you feel like it might end up being something between her and Matt Dillon's character, kind of like yeah. saved by the bell sort of moment. Yeah. But I could definitely, I knew that she was kind of easy pickings for being, having the wool pulled over her eyes by a character. She was very naive, played yeah. excellently by the actress that plays her. And the only one I think that's like kind of on the up and up. I mean, yeah. I guess like, yeah, that's yeah. Right. the only one that's like, that's not like trying to like scheme or do something. She's just doing her job. <laughs> just and doing her job. Her is scheming, backstabbing, bad guy. Yep. yep. And, you know, they tried to get Ray to drop the case. And they're like, you're too involved in this. It's not, it's, you know, not working out anymore. And I have mentioned that whole scene with the other detective and like Sam, where he kind of shows her like, you know, you know, Kelly was already a troubled girl. This is why, you know, she might've lied about this. Like that kind of, all that stuff all these files from her on school and said that she was always troubled and violent. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, you think Ray's kind of off the case already, but he goes to the Van Ryan house to confront what, I mean, Kelly and it ends where you just hear like a gunshot heard. And, and then by the time you get it, right. Oh, like, well, Denise Richards is out of the picture too. Like, yes. <laughs> so two, the two main, I know. Right. <laughs> like, and not just, I'm... you know, not just for the eye candy. I mean, it is there, but she is a really fun character. And she's this, a like, great fun character. I character. really enjoyed her presence throughout the movie. And when that happened, I still didn't know if I was convinced that she was out because of yeah. just how everything plays out. But once you realize like that's the end, it's like, damn, yeah, I'm going to miss her in this movie. She was great. All right. Um, so I do want, oh yeah, no, what do you want to say? I was going to say it's, it's very telling how you don't, actually see the see. action play out on camera like, so at, at this point where you're like on. all right you've already fooled me once guys. yeah <laughs> fool me it's like fool me once shame on me shame on you fool me twice shame on me i was kind of picking up on certain things but still did not know where things were going but uh, yeah i was kind of wondering where you thought things would be going after this because you're like all right she's gone susie's gone right. ray, ray says that kelly fired first which is why he was forced to kill her in self-defense uh they don't file any charges against him but he is dismissed from the force for disobeying right like about dropping the case so like where did you think things were going to go after that where you're just like oh well maybe sam just runs off with like all the money and yeah. i was expecting at this point in the movie again still playing into the naive first time viewer i'm like this is clearly heading towards a showdown between kevin bacon and matt dillon where one's hot on his trail all matt dillon has to do is leave and get out of the jurisdiction yeah it seems like he's home free but Kevin Bacon is, you know, slowly, as we know, his character is going to Kelly Van Ryan's place to protect her, to yeah. expose her to Sam Lombardo's scheming. So yeah. at that point, like, although she dies under suspicious circumstances and it's clearly him that kills her, I still didn't know necessarily if I thought that he was a bad guy. I wasn't sure what was going on with him, but I thought, okay, he's very much not going to stop with this case, even though he's not on the force or he's suspended. He's still yeah. pursuing this case on his own time. So <clears throat> it naturally just seemed like it was going to lead towards a showdown with him and Matt Dillon. So yeah. that's kind of where I thought it was headed. And then it wasn't. And the wolf came like, again. <laughs> twist number 120. <laughs> 
Ray is like working with Sam and you find that I like how you you find that out with a pointless just full frontal scene of Kevin Bacon standing in the Which shower. I was surprised to see that was the earliest example of full frontal male nudity that I can think of in film like I have never seen an example of that one earlier than like the 2010s that I can think yeah. of See, anyway, I was funny. surprised to see some Kevin junk in there. I was like, <laughs> now I know exactly what clip I'm going to use. I was surprised. To see <laughs> oh, yeah. God. So, that. Kevin Bacon also had a no nudity clause in his contract, uh, huh. but they said, but without giving much thought, allowed McDonald to use the shot that he thought looked best. And a moment of frontal nudity was included in the film. He was surprised by how many questions he got about it at the American press showing and noted that the European press did not ask him about it at all. It was just all they, the American. Probably <laughs> they're like, yeah. he's like, whatever. But I love that. That's funny that he was like, we'll just use whatever the best shot is. I guess he's like, the best shot is just your, all your Kevin Bacon junk. <laughs> so like, yeah, I guess they, they, they filmed that scene of Matt Dillon throwing in the towel multiple times. And it was only yep. like one or two where, Matt Dillon didn't like block him out of that scene, like his like nether regions. Yeah, and yeah. that just happens to be the shot that John McNaughton puts in the movie. And what's funny too that I was reading is that so Kevin Bacon, this is his first producing credit that he had, and he's an executive yeah. producer in the movie. So if he he could have sued himself for the inclusion of <laughs> his own nudity in the movie, which I just thought is hilarious. That is hilarious. And I'm bringing up this moment because I think this is maybe when this would have would have been revealed if they kept it. But it says the original screenplay featured a gay scene between Duquette and Sam Labardo near the end of the film in which the men kiss in the shower. Yeah, revealing that similarly to Susie and Kelly, the two had a homosexual relationship that allowed Lombardo to prey on Duquette in order to manipulate him and ultimately con him out of money. They said Kevin Bacon that the scene was modified to eliminate any suggestion of a sexual relationship between the two men as the film's financiers didn't like the idea of men making out. They felt it went too far. Interesting. Um, there is a really interesting dichotomy, though. They were trying to set up the fact that, like, you know, the same thing that was going on with Susie and Kelly, the, that was also going on with, like, Sam and Ray. Yeah, definitely. Interesting choice there because they were clearly okay with it happening between the female characters. But maybe, I mean, maybe it wasn't as not accepted, but, like, as present in 90s media at that time. I can see yeah. why maybe they thought it would have, you know, gone over the edge. But definitely, I don't think uh, in the years that have followed would have been much of an issue at all i don't think anymore but yeah, uh, yeah. Show, a little way that the movie shows it's a product of its time in a certain way but yeah. i did read that they had a shower scene together i didn't necessarily realize that it alluded to them being homosexuals but Sorry. i thought that was an interesting bit that they they cut that out too yeah i mean and it's it's interesting because i'm thinking about it like would it have added like knowing that they had a relationship would that have added anything to the plot i mean i don't think it necessarily does it probably would have been an interesting like oh like like kind of dichotomy between like all these characters right. but the movie suffers without that though yeah i don't think you lose anything from it no uh, and then ray is also very uh, oh sam is displeased that ray killed kelly because they were gonna just like frame her for Susie's murder and that kind of made things a little bit more like difficult Harry, um, yeah. so now i gotta ask you again now that you know that like they're in cahoots, they're working together, and now they're going sailing on Sam's boat. Where do you think it's going then? <laughs> At that point, I was done making predictions. I was like just along for the ride. I didn't necessarily think and have any illusions that they were going to both make it out. I didn't know who was going to come out on top of this movie, and I still wouldn't have guessed that who does does come out on yeah. top. I would have figured it'd be one of them two. But at this point, I was not making predictions anymore. 
but clearly I had fallen prey to all the misdirection in this movie multiple times. Yeah. I was just watching it for the sake of watching at this point. Like, hey, what are you going to throw at us next? Yeah. But the way it does sort of come back to this showdown between them, just not under the same context. The way you think, well, yeah. Exactly. Not the way they thought it had a, or would have earlier in the movie. Yeah. So, like, I think you get the impression. I think even watching it early on, like, I got the impression that, like, one of them is going to try to take one of them out because I don't think at this point you've learned that none of these characters really want to share anything with each other. No, <laughs> they, 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 right? they want they want all the money, all the all the glory to themselves. So I kind of knew yes. that that was coming because they do get into yes. a fight and Sam attempts to kill Ray, and then Ray fights back, and then he suddenly like shot the spear gun. And none other than the presumably, Sam, dead, yeah. <laughs> presumably dead Susie, who is now sporting blonde hair, still Nev Campbell, still very much alive, yeah. did not get bludgeoned in the swamp as we thought she did. Uh, and, you know, this ends up being, like, pretty good, especially when you know about the circumstances of the whole Davy character and, like, her interactions with Ray. It's kind of like this full circle kind of comeback. Full circle moment. For, for her uh, to yes. get rid of him. So... Uh, he he's gone. No more Kevin Bacon. I honestly thought that is where it would have. I thought they were gonna just gonna have. I first saw it, just Sam and Susie, yeah. be together. But then I kind of forgot. All right, maybe again, none of these characters <laughs> like sharing anything with each other. So kind of it. You one misdirection too with Nev Campbell's character with Susie is that they make it seem like she's not smart, like and she is very smart. And you learn that very was the end of the movie too where yes. the other the other detective is talking to i always forget uh who the lady was like relate in relation to her but uh, that uh, living oh yeah with susie and basically said that you know this girl was like highly intelligent and like a 200 iq i think they dropped. like okay clearly she's got a you know she's been hiding in plain sight with how intelligent yeah. she really is which i would have liked to cue i guess earlier in the movie maybe it would have yeah, jeopardized where it's going but I think that would have like gone a long way for her character. But uh... it's like you get the impression that like Sam's trying to get rid of her by like telling her to like work with the winch like on the boat. Like she won't know what she's doing. Like maybe he can like easily get rid of her. And right. you know, and, and then uh, you know, he accepts a drink from her, like the midst of, in the mix of this and it's your poison. You, like what's your poison? Yeah. And you really are thinking that like, you know, it's gonna go the way that where he's gonna get rid of her and like yep. nope, she's a poisoned uh his drink and not only has she poisoned her drink she knows exactly how to use all those things on the boat <laughs> yeah. because because it's not enough that she poisons him and she also like completely like releases the thing and it smacks yeah, the face boom and knocks boom, over the, the boom, yeah man. that's right and then he's yeah. floating out there with ray yeah and then like i think the movie's like completely over right uh, you know the you know mm -hmm. detective uh, i want to get that lady's name because they're uh, Let's see if I can find it. Because she is she is the one that explains the stuff about Susie and Davy and like how like Ray and Susie, you know, had interactions like before. She she's the one that tells that story to Gloria. And I think that's when Gloria fully realizes that, you know, Ray also wasn't on the up and up for like a really long time. And that you know, she was kinda like snowed by him a bit. Like the entire time they've probably been working together. But this is my favorite, favorite thing about the movie. I know I kind of mentioned it about how like there's so many twists and turns in it that yep. they're still telling you what the twists and turns are during the mid credits. I think that was such a brilliant move to just be like, all right, all these things in the story that you probably thought didn't make sense. Like, how did that happen? They right. 
fully explain it. Like they even they go all the way back to how like Susie was the mastermind behind the like, like she found out that like Kelly and him were having sex. There's pictures. Neff Campbell plays that scene so very well. She just like drops him on the table and just sits there. <laughs> like, so what do you want to do about that? Like you're just gonna right. make stuff at him. <laughs> and, and then what's cool about those mid-credit scenes too is that you're watching who you thought was someone that they were taking advantage of, and she's been in control the entire time like she's kind of been bossing sam around like when she tells him like she needs to like interact with uh, ray at the bar and she's like you guys are gonna get you guys are gonna get along great you're basically like the same person that kind of thing like yeah it's it's so great how they reveal everything about her absolutely and, like, and just like a minute or two worth of like scenes and we even see how like they kind of faked the bludge the bludgeoning a bit <laughs> or... a little bit yeah with the whole <laughs> I don't, I don't, scene i don't Ooh. think that totally all works if you like really overthink like how i mean if you overthink it too much i think you're like that doesn't completely jive but i wasn't yeah exactly sold like the fact too that they show her wrapped up in like the uh i don't know what you call it like, the, the clear sort of like wrap in the back of the trunk and she's like laying there like yeah, yeah, presumably yeah. dead i'm like okay that is a length you don't have to go to when she's clearly alive but again it, it's job in directing the audience so i can appreciate it and for by that. the way the close-up showing them the trying to try her trying to yank her teeth out and she's like or him trying to do it she's like oh you're just a pussy and she, she does it like herself yeah, yeah like uh, and then they cut to black on the crutch of it like ripping out of her mouth oh uh, hard to watch and then uh we get one 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 final i guess twist uh you know everyone is all dead except for uh except for Susie, <laughs> and uh, our good boy uh, murray uh, lawyer <laughs> shows up and gives her a briefcase full of cash and uh, she ends up with, uh, you know, all the money, and he gets his yeah. cut, <laughs> which he, is like he, 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 which he mentions sure it. Account, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, he makes sure he gets his cut. I love his line because Bill Murray's really good at his line deliveries. As she's walking away, and he just says, "Be good." <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's our final twist of Wild Things. By the time it was all over, were you? Was it just like whiplash? <laughs> yeah, I was like exhausted but in the best sort of way i was like wow what a mind fuck of a movie like definitely one that uh, i have some buddies in particular that will this sort of movie up with all the twists and turns and keep you guessing so yeah. definitely one that i'm going to be recommending to a certain amount of my movie loving buddies in the future like definitely it was enough i was thoroughly entertained throughout it i definitely think highly of this movie was glad i got to watch it the way i did and we'll be returning to it in the future most certainly i'm hoping that there's a I think this will definitely benefit. It'll be so interesting to watch this movie on second. Oh, once you know everything. <laughs> viewings, just knowing what I know now, and uh, it'll be cool to pick up on different little clues throughout. Yeah. I'm excited to do that. Yeah, and um, there's just a few technical things I wanted. Like this movie cost twenty million dollars to make. It's yep. shot. It's shot very well. It's a really good looking movie for 1998. Really feel like the kind of Florida Everglades, like when you're watching it. I also they, love yeah. the I also love the score. George S. Clinton did the music. There's like some really subtle things that sound like feel like you're in the environment that they're in. And there's also little subtle things he does with the score. Uh, it's a really like all this like humming kind of thing, especially when uh, Kelly is first confronting, not confronting, but when she's standing in front of Sam after the car wash stuff, she's standing there wet. And mm. there's just like this brief moment of music that's just like soft and just works for the scene. There's like little things like that where you don't really expect a movie like this to really show off technical aspects like that. Yeah, it's all the better for it though. And the music composition makes a film and uh, this definitely added 
to the experience of wild things absolutely i didn't uh, look up who the composer was but i as i've mentioned before it's an aspect of movie making i really really cherish <clears throat> and yeah. you're right just really fit the atmosphere of this movie to a t yeah i agree and then the movie of course was released on march 20th 1998 it says it grossed 30.1 million dollars in the united states and 37.1 million dollars internationally for a worldwide total of 67.2 million dollars on a 20 million dollar budget pretty good at the time i think i think more so than then when it was in theaters it's this became a bigger thing once it came out on like home viewing and people started watching it maybe people that weren't like interested in it when it was playing theatrically discovered it later and i think it's kind of grown in that sense right uh, very similar in the way to like Spring Breakers, where I think like that movie too Definitely. benefits from like, you know, being separated from it by a few years. Surgeons after the theatrical run on uh, home media, for sure. And that then was even bigger in terms of like the movie's financial success too, right? Way more so than it is now. Yeah, I agree. 67% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I... This is says, Wild Things is a delightfully salacious, flesh-exposed romp. That also requires a high degree of love for trash cinema. I guess that's a compliment. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it, but it very much is. Now, what's interesting is that this got a C plus cinema score from opening day audiences. That's pretty, that's kind of low. But I don't know if it's because they maybe were expecting something else and this is what they got. Mm -hmm. I would be pretty happy with, you know, this being what I got. <laughs> 100%. But yeah, and I'm sure maybe at the time, do you remember like in the theater, like thinking fondly of the movie, like you were happy I with what you got? I was happy with what I got. I think watching it in like subsequent viewings too, it, you know, I think the way they promoted it, it's hard to promote it properly without giving everything away. So, Very much so. so on the surface, I think most of the trailers just give you the indication that like that one, like a plot. So the, the Sam Lombardo, the rape and like maybe these that kind of stuff. And it doesn't That's really allude to like anything else. That's all I would have promoted it as as well, honestly. I think that that was a smart decision because once you yeah. go into the other territory, you definitely jeopardize the fun that this movie really has. I agree. But I can see why that would maybe like, you know, I don't know. People, it's funny because people sometimes do not, they react poorly to not having their expectations subvert, sub, yeah, subverged. Yeah. And they don't get exactly what they think they're going to get. I always welcome that for the most part, obviously, within reason. But uh, it's nice to sometimes get something that you weren't exactly expecting or when it deviates a little bit. I don't understand the criticism there. Certainly that is the case for some people, though, but uh, I thought yeah. that was great. Yeah. Great Roger Ebert, too. I, well, I guess passed away 10 years ago today. I didn't realize uh, oh, that. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Saw it on Twitter. Uh, he liked Wild Things. Uh, I watched <laughs> his video <laughs> with him and, him and Cecil. Yeah, he yeah. praised McNaughton's directing and plot twists. He described it again as lurid trash <laughs> yeah. with... With the plot so twisted, they're still explaining it during the closing titles. It's like a three-way collision between a softcore sex film, a soap opera, and a B-grade noir. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. So I was, just before recording, I watched a little like four-minute video of him and Gene Siskel talking about their experience with the movie on, I'm assuming, what was opening weekend back in the day. Yeah. And Siskel liked it too, not really as much. Not as, as much, he, yeah. <laughs> but it was cool. Roger Ebert's takes on movies, I always fascinate me. I never know what he's gonna like or what he's gonna criticize. So, like the fact that he like was all on board with Wild Things, it's like, man, good for you. Like that's awesome that he. Yeah, it's sometimes he, he it's like he gets like kind of uh, like he goes one way or like oh, okay, he's not gonna like this type he's of movie because he didn't like very this. much, yeah. so. especially with his violence and like nudity and stuff, which this movie has lots of both. Yep, uh, and then uh, just some of the other reviews. 
the New York Times praised Campbell and Richard's performances and also McDonald's direction for adding a decadent gloss to this far-fetched quintuple crossing tale, although she criticized the plot as being loony. And mm-hmm. then uh, Washington Post said the movie is clearly a crock, and although it may not have a single redeeming feature, but it doesn't have a dull moment either. That's right. <laughs> Then the same person in that same newspaper said described the film as being a as tawdry as someone else's lingerie, yet not not without a certain prudent watchability. I feel like everyone just felt bad about liking it. <laughs> yeah, it. I sure as hell didn't. I loved every minute of it, and I had to say it. It was exactly well. I can't say it's exactly what I wanted because I didn't know what to expect from this movie, but I was very happy with what I got, and yeah, I uh, would recommend it very much. Yeah, and I and I think what I think what Variety says about it kind of sums it up best with everyone involved and why maybe certain people wanted to be in the movie. They said that they praised the casting of everyone involved and said you have an ensemble that appears to be enjoying the challenge of offbeat roles and unusual material. There's not a wrong note struck by the game group of players, and they also praise the film as original with a glossy, unreal quality that nicely dovetails with the pulse of the drama. I think that's a good way to describe that, actually. Like, I think they are having a lot of fun, like, kind of playing around a little bit and uh, not doing what was totally expected. Very much Makes so. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, this film this film was also nominated for Best Kiss at the MTV Movie Awards. It did not win. I don't know how it didn't win. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Somehow. But, but for which one? Which kiss? Pool one. Yeah. Between <laughs> them and They made up for it a year later because they gave Best Kiss to Sarah Michelle Gellar and Selma Blair for their kiss and cruel intention. So, okay. that. Awesome. Um, and then, as far as its legacy today, in a retrospective of the film celebrating its 20th anniversary, Entertainment Weekly writer uh, Krish uh, Swati noted that while things marked a peak in lurid sex themes thriller films in the late 1990s, summarizing as a rule, movies like Wild Things fight an uphill battle with critics but want to seem above titillation. But this was one of those rare films whose underlying smarts could not be denied. Yeah, and, accurate. And <laughs> then the director said that. 2018 he said wild things is his most political film due to his focus on <laughs> due to his focus on social class concluding who wins the girl oh, okay. from the trailer park the girl from the trailer park she's all gone on the 90 foot sailboat out in the caribbean pretty much everyone else is dead that was the 90s <laughs> the concentration of wealth but the girl from the trailer park takes them all down you know i'm from the striving working class a lot of the kids i grew up with the parents didn't care if their kid dropped out of school but some of us had parents who insisted their children have an education go to college escape all that so that's where my heart always lies with the film it's interesting okay. to see how people think about certain things deeper than maybe you would have <laughs> like yeah 100 percent about um, a certain movie <laughs> i definitely see what he's talking about the whole social commentary and class commentary without a doubt but uh, at the time like watching the movie it wasn't uh, that prevalent but i see why he would have regarded it that way and i can see that now in hindsight but uh, at yeah. the time I was just worried about who was going to betray who next and who was going to make it out alive. Well, this one. Yeah. Uh, and as far as the life for Wild Things, it was a three sequels released direct to video. Uh, Wild Things 2 in 2004. No one from the, the first one is, of course. I dead. can't imagine. Uh, Wild Things Diamonds in the Rough came out in 2005. And Wild Things Foursome came out in 2010. <laughs> uh, okay, say, as far as they, 2010. They said the sequels were started cycled much of the plot dialogue and direction of the first film albeit with different actors all fil- all three films take place in blue bay as well as the high school uh, the original uh, film took place interesting in. uh, and then in 2006 the producers tried to develop a spiritual successor with 
and John Bignan was in talks again to direct a script by Steven Peters titled Backstabbers, and they wanted Richards and Campbell to appear their war talks, but then it kind of fell apart. Okay, that would have been interesting in another life, but I feel like this is a great standalone. Didn't need to be touched again. I think this would be a great remake maybe someday, even which I never find myself saying that, but I think um, you know, a modern update would be pretty yeah. cool. You know, tweak it a little bit. This is a, just a great story. Yeah, I agree. And one last little fun fact for you, because I, I can't, I, I want to imagine him playing this part. Robert Downey Jr. was the first choice for the role of Sam Lombardo. Right. That openly went to Matt Dillon. Downey was considered because of his highly publicized drug problems. And although he was in recovery, he was seen as too great an insurance risk. Producer Rodney Eber said we couldn't make it work, and the production company even offered to put up some of the money, but there was just too many lawyers and insurance people and bond company people involved, so that's why it didn't happen. Understandable. I'm trying to think about him in 1998, and I don't know if I could see him playing. I think Matt Dillon looks the part. Like Matt Dillon actually reminds me of like what high school I went to. There were actually guys that looked like him that were like teachers, guidance counselors. Oh, yeah. So like he actually looks like the part of like young like teacher. Or, I think know, he plays figure. it great. I wouldn't want anybody else in the role. I think Robert Downey Jr. would be an interesting casting decision though for sure. I see him in it too, but Matt Dillon to me is perfectly casted. I agree. So you throw the score thing at me, so I'm going to throw it at you because it's your first time watching it. If you're awarded to give it a score, what would you give it? You know, whatever your meter is, like out of yeah, 10. or I usually do out whatever. of 10. So I'm going to just differentiate between, like, number I'm going to give it, I don't necessarily feel like it's, like, crafted this way, but my, in terms of my enjoyment of this movie, I'm going to give it, like, a nice solid 8. Two. Like, really, like, oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it, like, is it an aid movie? Maybe not, but it takes up entertainment value, rewatchability, no doubt, an awesome ensemble cast. Like, there's just a lot going for it. Yeah, I think, I think with this, with that score and like the score I'm giving it to the eight yep. is that there are certain movies that are made for certain purposes. Certain, you know, everything doesn't yes. have to be Goodfellas or Citizen Kane or <laughs> exactly. The Godfather. Like, exactly. And you got to differentiate the, between that. It yeah. knows what it's trying to do. The movie that they intended to make, I think this is exactly what they wanted to make. Very and, much so. And I think there's a reason, you know, we weren't the only ones that did a 25 year episode on this movie they, okay they, right there, on. there there are a few other stuff on twitter and instagram that i saw where people were you know shouting it out and did stuff on their shows uh that's just the you know the power of like a movie like this though i mean if you grow up with it you see it at a certain time yep. like it kind of informs like you were watching at that time who was famous at that time you know why this was yeah. such a big deal for them to maybe do the things in that movie that they were doing at the time totally uh, so you know I, I i went to film school i sadly went to film school with a lot of film snobs and i think some of them and i think some of them would turn their nose up at this movie right um, well shame on them no it's reason to so because it's a lot of fun and yeah. you know keeps you guessing to the very end and like i said mean, it will be interesting to see when you watch it again like knowing how your how your reaction to scenes will be different knowing what you know yeah. in the movie this will uh, definitely be one I'd probably try and show Cam sometime in the future when I want to get a rewatch this one in because I know this would be up his alley too. Um, so I'm very much excited for that rewatch and I will no doubt let you know how it holds up upon second watch. But I can see this being a movie that I carry with me into the future trying to put some more people on because it was, I mean, there's nothing I could say that hasn't been said about it. It was just, just so delightfully entertaining and positively trashy that I 
Yeah, it's such a cool like personality. I'm, like I'm agreeing with all the mainstream reviews that were just like just accepted for just being yeah. like eye gloss trash. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. fine. Exactly. Really and I'm glad to see that it's <laughs> after all these years, it's still getting some love and appreciation in the film community because yeah. it deserves it. Exactly. So, so if you, some others. If you are a fan before we go, there is a 4K edition of this movie. That's pretty sweet. It's, and like we, I was saying, how the movie looks very, very. Uh, very very good shot very well this is probably the best the movie has ever ever looked uh, and there's a lot of bonus uh, material in it there's a couple of commentaries there's like a collector's book in here about the making of the movie uh, it's a little pricey uh, it's no like doubt. a little pricey but if you're a fan of the movie i think that you would really uh, enjoy owning it because i only had it on dvd for a very long time and right it, it and it was very much dvd quality <laughs> so uh, Oh yeah, this is a good copy uh, to pick up if you are a fan of uh, Wild Things. Yes, this will definitely be one I'm hoping to add to my collection. I maybe I have come across this. I don't ever recall seeing like a physical copy of this movie before. I'm sure I have and just didn't know what I was looking at. But definitely one to be keep my eyes open for in the future when I am looking to boost up my collection. I will definitely include Wild Things in there if I ever walk past it again. Or I guess I could order it too. Like I'm yeah, kind of talking Amazon. about the dinosaur here, but yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> I know. The young guy on yeah. here, and you're like, I, that's right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I never consider doing that. I'm always like out looking at my movie places to see yeah. what's there. It's just uh, something so fine. What's about going, going away, man? I know, man. It really is. Tony, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining uh, on another anniversary episode. Uh, this is, I think, our third one uh, so far. It is was, that it? Eh, is it in Bruges uh, Spring Breakers? Spring Breakers? Yeah, if, sounds about right. Uh, I wonder if there was another one. It felt like there was one in between, but I can't. I thought so, but eh, it's there for us to look at. I'm sure we'll answer this. Well, uh, the last two have been because of me. Uh, There's a big list, and like I accidentally want Jackson to pull one that he's like, I want to do that one. I'm going to have a look after we do this, and we'll see. I feel bad. (laughs) No, man, enough that I've had such a blast covering all these ones. And In Bruges was one that I was very familiar with, too, and I very much loved and was happy to cover. But yeah, Yeah. I'm going to go if I can't narrow one down that we can chat about here soon, maybe for the month of April. That's having an anniversary because I actually some good ones in April, too. uh, That should be fun. Yeah, I love doing these types of episodes. Very much fun to just cover one movie and talk about its impact all these years later it's always great to discuss the attention to one movie that uh, we think is worth the watch so yeah Yeah. i was happy to join you on this one and uh next time i'll have something for us to break down uh, my suggestion and i'm very much looking forward to that yeah all right well i mean this is a little different little different show but you gotta uh, send us off as always in a great way that you do (laughs) (laughs) thank you my friend Uh, yeah thank you guys for joining us on our anniversary episode of wild things if you haven't checked it out before, definitely comes highly recommended from both of us. Wherever you guys can find it, definitely check it out wherever you guys get your chance. Thanks again for joining us on Back to the Blockbuster. As you do, stay tuned next week for our regular scheduled episode, and we have a deep dive coming up for you guys as well. You guys know where to find us, wherever you guys get your podcasts, wherever you guys have social media, you can find Back to the Blockbuster there. Thanks again, Gaius, for breaking down movies with me, man, and for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure too, my friend. Peace.